0: Praise God. Praise God. Amen. We'd like to welcome everyone today. If you're a guest with us, we're so glad you're here. We welcome you this morning. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Amen. Praise God. We'd like to welcome Brother Jordan Holly Nash here to the Honor Congregation. They just transferred in to Fort Meade. We're so glad they're here today. Amen. Praise God. It's good to see Brother Jeremy Strickland hiding over there in the corner. Jeremy, it's good to see you, buddy. Amen. If you're physically able to stand, would you stand this morning in honor of the Word of God and the man of God? Say it again. We deeply appreciate Brother Morgan and his ministry. Amen. So would you put your hands together? Let's thank the Lord as he comes. Praise God. Continue
1: to do that under the Lord today. Just give Him great praise. He's worthy of it all. Every hand clap, every hallelujah, every amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I feel the Lord leading and helping us get to that moment where if we will sow the seed and get our visitors, our family and friends to come to the house of the Lord, uh, there's going to be a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost here. I I really believe that. I want you to believe that. Amen. it, Sometimes we get so focused on the battle. We get so focused on winning the battle that we forget how to celebrate after it's over. Sometimes it's all about winning, and so much effort, uh, so much uh, tenacity is required that when you finally cross over, you have a hard time believing that it's actually here. Amen. Acts chapter 12, uh, the Bible says that the church was praying for Peter. He was in prison threatening his life, didn't think he was ever going to be seen again. And the Bible says that they prayed continually, steadfastly for him. And then while they were praying, an angel came, a light shone, and a touch happened, and Peter was delivered. And Peter come knocking on the church's door. Are you with me this morning? Peter come knocking on the church's door, and a little, a little lady by the name of Rhoda come to answer. And when she looked through the peep post, she saw Peter, and she went back into the prayer room and said, Y'all not going to believe this, but he's at the door. And the Bible says they looked at her and says, Thou art mad. Sometimes you can pray for something so long you get lost in just praying about it. Well, let's just pray about it. You have to pray about it. You have to pray about it. I'll say it again. You have to pray about it. But you also need discernment enough to know when to get up and go answer the door. There's a knock on this church's door. We may not get past this this morning. There's a knock on this church's door. And somebody keeps saying, hey, the answer's at the door. The answer's here revival is here 500s here whatever you want to name it it's here but then that attitude that says well we're not we're not done praying about it yet you're mad you're out of your mind so we'll keep praying about it and the bible says she she had to tell him hey you you guys need to get up you need to go answer the door peter is there I, i i want to pray so fervently i want to pray so consistently and faithfully that i get the attention of god but then I want to have discernment enough to hear the knocking on the door and to know what I've been praying about has just arrived. Amen. 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 Praise God. I believe that. I'm happy to be here this morning and to give honor to uh, leadership, uh, pastors' rights, and all of these great men of God and this great assembly. Amen. What a great group of people here today. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, the book of Second Samuel, uh, I, I really, really uh, do not uh, preach what I'm fixing to preach without that just special um, nudge from the Holy Ghost. And I think that the Lord is uh, preparing us, moving us, positioning us uh, to answer the knock on the door and to be fully uh, capable and aware I think that there are times when the Holy Ghost works on us and he looks at us. It's hard for a sick person to administer health to a sick person. Amen. Um, Maybe it'll make sense before we're done here today. Second Samuel uh, chapter number nine. And David said, is there yet? Verse number one, any that is left of the house of Saul that I might show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. When he had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I might show him kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Micar, the son of Emile, in Lodabar. And then the king David, or then king David, sent and fetched him out of the house of Micar, the son of Emil from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not. Would you say that with me? Fear not. Look at your neighbor and say, Fear not. For I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. And will restore thee all the land of Saul. I'm going to give you everything your father used to own. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continuously. I want to talk to you this morning by the help of the Holy Ghost, delivered, delivered, but damaged, delivered, but damaged. I want you to help me preach today, will you? Can we lift our hands and really talk to the Lord before we're seated here and ask the blessings and the favor of God upon the remainder of this this morning? Father, we love you. hallelujah 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 the blessings of the lord 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 Lord. hallelujah clap your hands and give the lord praise while you're being seated in the precious name of jesus amen i i want to i want to run swiftly here this morning and with your help, uh, deliver what I feel of the Holy Ghost. I I enjoy, I thoroughly enjoy being Pentecostal. I make no excuse for being an apostolic. I am Pentecostal uh, by experience. I am apostolic by divine design, the apostles' doctrine. I, I make no apologies of that. I believe that God has the ability... To take any man and take any woman and radically and forever change and alter their lives. I do not believe that you have to come down here this morning or any time and shake my hand or join this church or say a certain prayer or light a certain candle or have somebody take you to God. I believe that when a man or a woman is tired of life as it is... They're tired of the damage of this present world. All they have to do is close their eyes just to block out this present world. And lift hands and say, I surrender all unto you. And just say, Father, help me today to become what you want. Does anybody believe that the church still has the power of repentance and change and deliverance and healing? Amen. We are not your average Pentecostal church. We believe that you can come in one way, but you also can leave another way. We believe that a man that is born in sorrow and shapen in iniquity does not have to stay there, nor live there, nor die there. That if you are truly tired of your present world, all it takes is a touch of the Master's hand. And everything that is wrong can be made right. And everything that is broke can be fixed. Somebody that's been fixed by the Holy Ghost, help me preach this today. Hallelujah. There is nothing like watching the transformation power of the Holy Ghost. I have watched drug addicts and alcoholics and people whose life is messed up by this present world. I've watched them try everything this present world has to offer only to fall backwards into the pit that they're trying to dig themselves out of. I've looked at the helpless and the hopeless looks upon their face as they visit the Pentecostal people. But one moment in the presence of God and all of a sudden tears begin to roll down their cheeks and they begin to feel something that they've never felt before. And it takes a preacher or a sovereign move of the Holy Ghost to expose them to the potential of what Jesus Christ is in this present world. I've come this morning to tell you that if we get excited about anything, it ought to be the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It ought to be the fact that you can repent of your sins. You can be baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And life just gets better. From that, Hallelujah. 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 I think one of the things that God wants to do among us here today, even, is to remind you just how good salvation really is it's not a fix that will evaporate it's not a band-aid that will peel off in time, it's not something that will lose its power but it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley, it doesn't matter what color your skin is it doesn't matter what your cast of society is, it doesn't matter what side of the railroad track you come from he died once and he died for all, there is put- one spirit there is but one savior there is but one church i just need to remind you today that we celebrate a resurrected christ and salvation is to whomsoever will let him come let him come let him come hallelujah hallelujah Oh God, help us to celebrate what you've done for us. Never let us forget just how good Calvary was to us. Thank you for finding me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for sanctifying me. Thank you for redeeming me. I just need you to help me today. Thank God that we're not what we used to be. We don't do what we used to do. We've got salvation on our side. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, to dial this in and to hit the bullseye. Let's just say the visitor sitting next to you, if their response would be based on your response, what would their response be? I'm preaching you the simplicity of calvary what it's really all about and however you thank god for that experience the individual the lady or the man sitting next to you are looking around here this morning and saying well some believe what he's preaching but others evidently do not i do not i don't want to be that guy that hears this kind of preaching and does not get moved back to the first moment and the first fruits and that first experience and remember that had it not been for Calvary had it not been for him had he not found me I, I wouldn't be here today help me congregation thank God for Calvary thank God for salvation hallelujah Come on, everybody, clap your hands, lift your voice, and thank the Lord here today. Hallelujah. 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 It reaches, it flows, it goes, it does what nothing else can do. It's it's not an easy believism doctrine It's not a name it and claim it doctrine But this thing really works It'll take you right where you are today It'll take you just like you are today You don't need to get good to get God today You just need to get God You just need to say I need God Is anybody tired of living like you're living? Is anybody tired of the unrelenting pressure of this present world? I've got good news for you. you made it to the right place. You've come to the right church. Because surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Hallelujah. I've heard that before. I've shook hands. I've joined churches. Again, that's not what I'm preaching. I'm preaching about a Calvary. About a God who can. There's just nobody. That God can't save. There's no kind of person. That the Calvary that I preach about today. Cannot cleanse and wash. And make whole. It never loses. Its power. I know it's Sunday morning. And I know we've got our culture. But oh God. Don't ever let us forget even on Sunday morning just how good you are to us david had it right when he said oh that men would praise the lord for his wondrous works and his mighty acts and then he would list the things that god has done and he would say it oh that men would praise the lord and then he said some more and he said oh that men would give thanks unto the lord i don't want to be the christian that loses their ability to be Reminded just how good god's been to me i want to remind you sir and ma'am god did it all god brought you here god fixed it god mended it god is the god of deliverance and salvation hallelujah there's no god there's no god like our god he is able to the uttermost he is able if you're hungry, he'll fill you. If you're thirsty, he'll give you drink. You ought to know I'm laying a trap by now. If you're hungry, he'll fill you. If you're thirsty, he'll give you drink. If this is your first time to a Pentecostal service, I'm taking you to the book of Acts and when that day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place, one accord and one sound come from heaven, and the sound was as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, not some of them, not almost all of them, but it set upon each of them and they all began to talk in tongues as the Spirit of God gave them church. may i drop down a few verses and play devil's advocate when the world looked at the response of the church after they had received the spirit of christ they said you folk are out of your mind you are drunk you are intoxicated can the world lay that same charge at the church's feet in 2015 or have we become so sophisticated have we become so refined have we become Have we become so professional in our Pentecost that we have lost the ability to give God that combustible, that that, that spontaneous spark that comes when we recognize God God is here. God is here. God is here. Well, if the right song is sung, if the right sermon's preached, if the dynamic of the delivery of the sermon is what I appreciate, I'll respond at that certain level. But until it's there, just mesmerize me. Tell me the stories like a bedtime story. No, a thousand times no. For when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out. Where's the of church where is the kind of church that the soul of the church starts talking let the soul of this church be heard in every corner down every road every skid row every alcoholic let them hear the church's thunder this morning that god is here the glory of the house is filled by the god of the house I've watched people come to God. I've watched people come to God so broke. And I know I'm preaching the choir up here, but I've watched them come so broke. I've watched them come so messed up. In my opinion, in my opinion, they can't be helped. They're just unfixable. Marriage is out of control. They've already given up on it. Kids all jacked up. There's so much damage done. Psychology or psychological. It's, it's just not fixable. That was my opinion. And when you prayed for them. You prayed for them like it was duty. I'll be real if you will. You just prayed for them. Because it was more duty than it was anything else. But oh they got a hold of God. They were for real. They meant it when they said forgive me. I'm just going to close my eyes and preach to me today They meant it when they said Father forgive me They meant it when they said I need you in my life They meant it when they said help me Because I've lost the ability To help myself And I've watched God take those individuals And remold their life And fix their worlds And they are some of the greatest Christians On this side of heaven Can anybody testify That Calvary works It doesn't work some of the times. It works all the time. It doesn't work on just some folk. It works on all folk. You ought to be clapping your hands. You ought to be throwing a fist up saying, come on preacher. Let the world know that the hope of the church is still in the church. Let the world know that Jesus is still the answer. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is still the answer. My God. I wish I could go to the nation's capital and grab the right microphone and get the right platform because I would preach failure is never final. I would tell the world failures are never final unless you quit. It doesn't matter how hard you get knocked down. It's when you lose the ability to get up that you lose. Some of you sitting out here today thinking, oh, I want to believe. I wish I could believe. It works. I'm just going to tell you to fix it all. My daddy got the Holy Ghost at just shy of 21. He was an alcoholic. Three packs of cigarettes a day. He never went to AA. He never had to wear a patch. He never got one button that said, I am an alcoholic. I'll always been alcoholic. Not one time. He just made his way down to an altar. And the Holy Ghost fixed him. No buttons, no ribbons. The Holy Ghost just said, I'll take care of that. And he hadn't had a drink since. He's not craved a cigarette since. I wonder how that testimony resonates with your testimony. Remember? Remember what you were when you first come to God? You wasn't what you are right now. We may not be what we want to be, but bless your heart, we're not what we used to be. I'm a long way from where he found me. I said, I'm a long way from where he found me. I'm getting my world fixed. I'm getting my life. I'm just trying to preach to some folk here today that think we're average Pentecostals, and I'm convincing you we're not average Pentecostals. The Holy Ghost fills this house. The presence of an Almighty God governs this church. God, God fixes people. I wished I had a hundred visitors to preach to today because I'd want to tell them It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter who you are. Calvary fixes it. Calvary still works It Is finished. Not I, not them, not we. It. Gotta get it. It. It's finished. What's finished? The work of Calvary. me sir what's the work of calvary well when they took that spear and they put it in my side out of my side came my bride just like the first adam got his bride so the typology of the two atoms are the same the first one got his bride from his side and so did jesus christ get his bride and if you are going to make the rapture and if you are going to be the bride of Jesus Christ, you can't come any other way and him be the husbandman. you got to have blood and water applied to your life. Or you're not. You are not in the bride. You are not. Help me congregation. You are not in the church if you don't come to the side. You ought to look at your neighbor and say right now, get ready because you're fixing to get a chance to come to the side. Don't get uncomfortable with that. That's blood and water. That's where the church was born. Salvation for anybody. They tied his hands, stretched that back as tight as they get it. And they took that cat of nine tails, that whip, and they began to beat his body. Save one, he ended up with 39 stripes, 39 lashes, each at the end there having tentacles that wrapped around his body when they were done with him. Some theologians say his insides, his entrails were exposed because there was no more flesh on the back of his body. And he reared his head and said, by my stripes, you are healed. I'm going to show you what's finished salvation come out of his side healing come from his back and if you're broke spiritually he fixed that and if you are broke physically he fixed that he can take your soul and change it he can take the sickness of your body and heal it at a moment's notice Oh, yes, he can he's still in the healing business. It doesn't matter if you got a tumor It doesn't matter if you got high blood pressure. It doesn't matter if you got back problems It just doesn't matter to God. He said I fixed it all by my stripes you you don't have to get quiet with me preaching on healing I said my God is a healer. He can heal anything. He can fix anything It's done. And when I look back from that statement, I see blood and water coming from his side. And I see a whip. And I see entrails. And I see a bloody gruesome sight That summed up by saying, because of this, you don't no longer have sickness. I'm the God. I am the great physician. But it wasn't just the cross. It was finished. It wasn't just the whipping post. They took a crown of thorns. always gets quiet when I get here they took a crown of thorns and shoved it on his brow how come we preach all about the stripes and the spear but nobody wants to talk about the thorns i'm going to tell you he's not just god that saves a soul and he's not just god that heals the body but he's a god that fixes the mind You don't even have to be a visitor of me preach to you now. We got we got more we got more saints here today with mind problems. And the devil's lying to us, telling us you just need some Prozac or an antidepressant. You just go get you some treatment and it'll be all right. I got news for you. You can get all of that you think you're big enough to take or get, but I can give you an easier solution. It is finished. If you're broke physically, I can fix it. If you're broke spiritually, I can fix it. If your body's ravaged by disease, I can fix it. If your mind is overcome with anxiety. This, my beloved, is the message of the church. And this is what we don't have trouble preaching. And this is what God's people respond to. But may I present to you a little different glimpse of a life after Calvary. And this is where the saints always get quiet. And they start trying to minimize their physical frames slide in behind the people in front of them and don't want to meet the preacher's eyes because just as powerful as his deliverance is, just as glorious as God's ability to save a soul is, how about the people that God saves that are here today? But because of the effect of life on you, you think you're damaged. See, delivered people, Can go to heaven. But delivered people. Can be damaged people. And if you think. You're damaged. It's hard to get a damaged person. To believe in a 500 soul revival. I told you I'm just going to preach it today. It's hard to get damaged folk. Out in the aisle dancing and worshiping. Because our posture speaks volumes of what we perceive ourselves to be inwardly. I know you're going to need some book on this, aren't you? Galatians 4. You're no longer a son or a servant, but a son, remember? He said, but because your sons, when you, were, when you were converted into sonship, you brought with you. Look at your neighbor and say, you brought it with you. You brought with you your beggarly elements. Look up here at me. You brought with you your beggarly elements. You drug into the church what happened to you as a child. You drug into the church your, your thinking, your mindset, your paradigms. And there is the greatest battlefield in the church, not of the church. Are you with me? Come on down to the altar. Let me pray for you. Boom. God helps us. God starts rearranging our lives. We go down in water and get baptized. We come up a new man. We come up talking in tongues. The preacher said old things are passed away. All things are made new. And we think everything is fixed. And then you have a flashback to what happened to you when you were a little baby or a child or in a marriage or in a relationship or the preacher hurt you or somebody you trusted hurt you and now you've learned to come to church and manage the damage. Well, I've either missed it or we're so quiet here today. It's so powerful. I'm blowing your minds. We are masters at management. I'll give you another word for it that's more biblical. You're hypocritical. Oh, you'll jump up with me and say, God can fix anybody. But while you're sitting down, you say, except me. Oh, preacher, he can save anybody from alcohol. But what about the effects that alcohol took on your mind? Is it possible for God to take the bottle out of your hand, but not the thoughts out of your mind? See, I'm already, when it gets like this, I know it's bullseye. Because I'm watching people start going. Well, I like, go, oh, man, you were engaging me. You're like, come on, preacher, preach to me. Yeah, it's good stuff. Now you're like. And you know as well as I know that when the Holy Ghost starts moving, if you think you're damaged, you delay your response. You have to be begged out in the aisle. You have to be pushed into obedience. And that's not the kind of environment that's conducive for a 500 soul revival. The kind of environment that's conducive is all of us that's been delivered. We celebrate it. And all of us that's damaged, we know we still have a place at the table. I may be crippled. I may be missed. You don't have to sit there and let the devil lie to you. You don't have to sit there and be tricked out of your response. If he saved you, he loves you. And he loves you just like you are. You don't have to fix it. Is there a table anywhere in this building? Hey, you know what? I want that table right there. In the very back against the wall Throw everything off We can get up here and beat our brains And preach all we want to preach But until God's people Until Antioch believes Until those that are watching believes That God fixed me He saved me He knew what I was When he loved me the first time And he also seen what my hurt was And who caused my hurt And if he can't love me in spite of all of that, then he doesn't love me for any at all. I'm preaching to people right now. You would have already responded. But you are so damaged. You are so messed up. You are so jacked up. You, you, you can't even fathom a great God big enough and glorious enough to do to you what you hear preached week after week after week. Oh yeah, you'll throw your pity response up here, but you won't live it on the outside. God is a God that says, if I found you in the gutter, I knew what you was when I found you. And it doesn't disqualify you because you're bruised. It doesn't disqualify you if you're messed up. we got Pentecostal young ladies out here today. we got moms sitting out here today. Some of the prettiest people in the church, spiritually speaking. And you don't want anybody close to you. That's why you won't get close to anybody in this church. You keep your defenses up. Because you've done been hurt by somebody you trusted. I'm fixing to preach to you. You, you. You've been hurt. You're not letting anybody enter sanctum. You build a bridge or you build a wall with no bridges. You keep yourself safe. I'll throw my hand up and shout amen about God delivering but I will not get involved at the level that's required of me because it causes me to have to let down my barriers and let down my walls. If you knew what they did to me, you would understand why I am so distrustful. I understand that. I I get it. I'm preaching to ladies that have been raped and molested by uncles and dads and grandpas and family. Don't get quiet now because this is a reality in the apostolic church. We got molested and molesters here today. And see, here's what we do. Uh, Here we go. Here's what we do when we start getting real in Pentecost. We get quiet. We start trying to put the squeeze on the preacher. Because God forbid we ever get real. How can we not get real and preach a perfect God and a perfect Christ? I'll tell you why. Because we preach such a perfect Christ. We view the church as a place that has no room for imperfections. Can I just preach a few more minutes? And so you get good people that come get the Holy Ghost. And they get baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost that learn to sit there. Because they're past. Dictates their future. We have a game. My baby got married yesterday, and I'm a little sentimental. I was standing up there doing the vows and had flashbacks to this little dude that I used to put on the cabinets or on tables and I'd say, Come on, come on, jump. And the first time or two he looked at me and said, I said, Come on, Dad, catch you. Come on. Anybody ever played that game? And it took just one or two times of catching him for it to sink into his mind wherever I jump from. As long as dad's there, I'm safe. Oh God, I, I wish I, wished I could play God a minute in your life and tell you today, jump. Jump. Come on. Jump. Jump. But the reason you won't jump Is you jumped a few times And something you trusted in Was not there to catch you And because you hit the ground It messed you up It broke something in you And when God says trust me You run the other way Man I knew this was right But I didn't know it was this right Got got married folk out here today That one spouse doesn't know about the other spouse. And you've learned to play the game of cat and mouse. I'm not telling you, you've got to tell everything. That's not what I'm preaching. I'm just preaching that if you've been delivered, there may be some damages. And he's not just a God of deliverance. He's a God that manages the damage. I was preaching one time and... She's still in the church, and she's probably watching today. But this little gal walked in, and uh, she had bandages on her wrist. And I got to preaching about a God that loves and a God that cares. And she'd come down that center aisle and prayed her through the Holy Ghost. And Naomi was born again of the water and spirit, baptized her in Jesus' name. She's still in the church today. But when she came in, she tried to commit suicide several times. This is her last attempt. And the hardest thing for me as a pastor to get Naomi to do was trust Get women out here today that have married and don't trust their spouse, not because of something that he did, but just something that they did that he has to pay the price for. And when you try to break that wall down to manage it, they won't let you in because there again, you're asking me to trust. And that's what got me into the circumstance in the first place. Oh, my God. And so here we go. David takes the throne and he says, Jonathan was awful good to me. Is there anybody of the house of Jonathan or Saul that I can bless? And They said, you know, there's, there's a fellow by the name of Ziba. He worked for Saul and David. Or Saul and Jonathan. And David said, go, go get him. And Ziba come into the house of David. And David said, is there anybody left that you know of, of the lineage, of the genealogy? Of Saul or Jonathan? He said, yeah, yeah, there's a fella. Yeah, well, maybe. I can see David sliding to the edge of that chair and saying, what what does that mean? Maybe. Well, he has the right bloodline. But he doesn't, well, he doesn't look like a king. What does that mean? Well, he was born, right? But when war came to Saul's house, the individual that was given to that boy to take care of him and let no harm come to him, she picked him up one day. and She was running with him. She meant well. But she tripped. And when she tripped, she fell on his feet and she crippled him. Some of the crippling that's in this place today did not come on purpose. It was accidental, but it doesn't change the impact or the damage. No, you can't run like everybody else runs. When everybody's up shouting and dancing, you carry with you that baggage. You can never get beyond that baggage. am I preaching to anybody today. Are we really going to be hypocritical today and act like that none of this is applicable to us? I know you're fixing your mask. It slipped a few minutes ago and I almost saw the real you. But you fixed it. You got it back up. You look good again. So why don't you dance with me now? Because you know you can't. So those are the people that pick fights in churches. Those are the people that become contentious in the church. Because they're learning how to manage the damage. And these are some good people that are misunderstood often. Because the distrust didn't come on purpose. It came by accident. But it doesn't change the fact that when everybody else is playing ball, you couldn't run the bases. And when everybody else is building doll houses and playing Barbie dolls, you couldn't move like they could move. And that is the spirit that baptizes our congregations because we have mastered the art of preaching deliverance. But we forgot the other element of the church. And that is that God always has a place at the same table. Okay. Okay. Okay, here we go. Let, let, me, let me do it this way. And so God sends, God sends a message out. And he says, hey, can I have some chairs? Can I help me, somebody? We're just going to tear everything up today. Here, yeah, give me, give me four chairs. Two on that side and two on this side. Are you with me? And so here's what God does. God says, come on, it's, it's dinner time. Come on, you. Come on, man. Join me. Look more excited than that. I mean, you're eating at my table. My Lord. Didn't he look good? That's a king's kid right there. Look, I mean, look at that fine specimen of a man. Look at that. Woo! But then the Lord looks at the guy sitting next to him and says, Okay, come on. And he... Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. He wants to get up. But when he tries to get up, he's reminded... His feet don't work right. And a few times of trying to get involved in exposing the wounds. Teach us. You're better to lie about them. You're better to build a veneer and act like they're non-existent. And just tell people. I'm just not emotional. You'd have to be raised like I was raised to understand me. And we make up excuses about not doing the will of God. You can pray until you're blue in the face. But if there's not an excitement, if there's not a worship, if there's not a dance, if there's not joy in the house of God. You can get mad at me for saying it, but it's a fact, honey. Well, glory, this fella, his feet don't work. And so as he tries to get there, everybody sees him. And you let people find somebody's weakness. And it's something about us. The further we get away from them. Because nobody wants to be around people that's damaged. So here's what David did. He said, you mean to tell me he can't get here? And they said, That's right, he's wounded. He lives in the land of no bread. He lives as a beggar. And David said to Ziba, You go down there and you fetch him. I got to look into that chapter and verse, and I look up that word fetch, and it doesn't mean, hey, come eat with me. Sit back down. It doesn't mean, hey, hey, come eat with me. It means that the game used to play with your dog, you are sent to where it is, and you are obligated to pick it up. Do you really think God's going to leave you where he found you? Do you really think God is not capable of taking care Everybody say he was crippled. But David said, set him at my table. Have you ever been to a formal table to what there was not a covering on it? Somebody got it. See, if it didn't have a covering, you could still see under there. But the Bible says, once I fetch you, you can't tell the difference from him or him. I know you've gotten used to using your excuse. Not to dance, not to get involved, and not to believe. And this takes away all of our flimsy excuses. Because when God issues a decree, it's revival time. It's the season of your church. He makes a way for the healthy and the unhealthy. If it wouldn't be too inappropriate, can I squeeze her out of there? Come here, honey. Let me have your hand. Just just trust me. Hey, just trust me. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, baby. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's it. Come on. Come on. It don't matter. It don't matter. Welcome, welcome to the table, welcome to the table, who else, who else, who else is crippled and can't get here on your own, but you want God's help, you want, I'm done, but the Holy Ghost is just getting started here today, whoever you are, get on your feet, whoever you are, lift your voices, lift your hands. Here's the reality of the moment. The reality of the moment. It's not the ones I'm preaching to that's so visible. It's some of you that's even standing right now. But you've learned how to play the game. That's why you stood. Because with you standing, you send the message. I'm okay. But that's a lie and you know it. Sir, right back there in that cream suit with that pink shirt. You, you today belong at this table. Go get him, Pastor. Go fetch him. Go fetch him. I can't get there, though. I don't feel like I'm capable of getting there. Hang on. The Holy Ghost is coming to get you. The Holy Ghost is. I'm going to fetch you. Thank God for Calvary. But thank God for a banquet table. Thank God for healing that goes beyond. Come on. Way back there in the back. Right back there in the back. Mother, you're wringing your hands. You. Come on. Come on. When your preachers go fetch her. One of you preachers, go fetch her. I'm talking about healing, real healing. I'm talking about something that makes you qualify. There's a move of the Holy Ghost here right now. There's a sovereign work of the Holy Ghost here right now. Come on. Come on. Straight ahead of me right here. Mother, you got blonde hair and gray outfit, black top. You. You're looking at me right here. Is that your husband standing next to you? Grab your husband's hand. Come on. Come on You too Come on Yeah you too Somebody go fetch them If you can't get here on your own I want the Holy Ghost to pull you out of the chairs I want the Holy Ghost to turn a searchlight on you right now I want to I'm trying to But I just don't feel like I'm capable of it That's it men of God That's it men of God a of God, go get them. Fetch them. Fetch them. If they can't get here on their own, fetch them. You're asking me to trust. And that's what got me here in the first place. You're asking me to expose the hurt. You're asking me to expose the wound again. I know that. I understand that. But i got to tell you that God is in this house today to do more than just save your soul. He's a God that can fix the hurts. He's a God that can take the crippling of life. And make a place at his table for you. Come on brothers and sisters. Fetch. I'm asking some of you seasoned saints to be prayerful right now and be sensitive. But if God lays somebody on your heart, go get them. Please don't embarrass somebody. Don't hurt them worse. But go get them if God deals with you about them. This is an altar for the crippled. This is an altar for the wounded. This is an altar calling like others. top of your head to the soles of your feet, inside and out. The very thing that you think disqualifies you really is the qualifier. The very thing the devil uses against you is your greatest asset and strength. Go ahead. Yeah. Deep healing. I feel I feel so mandated today to have an altar call. And I know we've already had one, but I want everybody from the front to the back to listen to me. You cannot miss moments like this. You must not miss moments like this. The truth of the matter is you don't have to come to David's table. You can die in Lodabar. And I get the hurts. We're not going to share war stories, but you look up here at me when I tell you, I get. I get it. I get it. I understand the feeling of being crippled. I live with it all my life. I get it. But I also know the blood that pumps through my heart is of Saul's seed. I'm in the lineage of the king. And I don't belong in Lodabar. I belong at the king's table. And I'm going to ask you today to do something. Very few will have enough guts to respond to. If you're here today... And the damage, the damage, by somebody that you trusted, it doesn't always have to be sexual. And they dropped you. And from that day till this morning, you have lived with the effect of that incident or incidents. I'm going to ask you, sir and ma'am, to Come put your toes on the edge of this altar Don't kneel And See this is where most people learn to hide Put your toes to the edge of that altar Don't kneel, don't kneel, don't kneel, stand You're not a pauper anymore You're not a beggar anymore You have been fetched by the Holy Ghost Come on If there's no room, come around to the sides. If there's no room, come get on the platform with us and put your toe. I know it's just a physical thing I'm asking you to do, but it's an obedience thing. Please, please, if you're here today and you've been crippled, please don't sit there. Please look up here. Let me beg you today. Please come. Please come. Come. But nobody knows. What if I expose? It's okay. We're all brothers and sisters here today. This is what brings the equality in the church's moments like this. Pastor. In my opinion, it's impossible to do the will of God at the level God wants us to do and have this much hurt. And I think that that's part of your gifting to this body is the ability to zero in on that level and minister at that level. Are you ready today? I don't have enough time nor energy to lay my hands on everybody here today. But as long as you're touching one person, as long as you're touching somebody and agreeing with me today. There's fixing to be a mass healing here today. Matter of fact, it's going to be the greatest day of healing this church has ever had. God's fixing to heal you. God's fixing to heal you today. Matter of fact, it's happening right now. Right now. It goes back years. You you've drug it like an old Oh my god. Whew. He's healing you right now, sis. He's healing you right now, sis. Are you ready? Father in the name of Jesus. All across I need you to help me out there. All across the front of this church is your people. We your cheer, we your kids. We're the apple of your eye. I'm asking you to heal as only you have the power to heal today, God. Do what only you have the ability to do today, God. Do it because you're a father who wants to do good things. Do it because you're a God that created all things. No, it's not going to be just an altar call. It's not going to be just a feel-good sensation. There's gonna be healings today. Men of God, as you feel out of the Holy Ghost, make your way through this altar. Yalo hosayaa Go on. You're in a safe place right now. Nobody can judge you sitting at this table. I know that's foreign. I know we've searched life trying to find that feeling. And for a man just to say you're there, it's almost too good to be true. But hear me, sir, ma'am, when I tell you you're in a safe place right now. You're in a safe place right now. It's okay to trust. Jump. Jump jump he'll catch you jump he'll catch you jump close your eyes and risk all because god is gonna catch you god is gonna be there god is gonna fetch you god is gonna bring you to a table and when you're at his table there is no place for judgment criticism, ridicule. Would you lift your hands with me all across the front of this place and can we just thank God we're in a safe place? Folks, there's some real healing going on here right now. I mean, there's some deep healing going on here right now. Go ahead. You're in a safe place. You've not felt this safe. You're you're almost timid about it. You're waiting for the shoe to drop. Not here. No, sir, not here. Not here. Not here. Not here. You're in a safe place. You're in a safe place. Folks, there's healing. Oh my God, there's so much healing going on. Were you singing? It reaches to the highest mountain. Were you singing that earlier? Um, you You know what that is? That's trust. That's somebody saying, I trust enough to jump right now. I trust enough to jump right now. This thing has ruled me, this thing has almost destroyed me. Every good thing I've tried to do, it has knocked me back, knocked me down, took the life out of me. And it flows. To the lowest valley. Go ahead. There's healing. There's healing. There's healing. healing. It's here. It's all across this building. It will never, never lose. Let this be the anthem of this church.
2: It reaches
1: reaches.
0: to the highest
2: mountain.
1: And And it flows flows to the Lord.